Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, Athletes Made Here. The Sports Performance Center was developed with one goal in mind, to maximize human performance through movement and recovery. Their team of expert performance sports coaches and trainers will guide you to achieve your performance goals. That's the Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, located at the Star in Frisco. This episode is also brought to you by Allen Dental Studio, located off Bethany drive in Allen. Their office was designed with you, the patient, in mind, which means an excellent and enjoyable experience. From cosmetics to implants, you deserve a perfect smile, and Allen Dental Studio can make that happen. Also, don't want to leave out another longtime friend of the podcast, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. With locations in Carrollton and Dallas, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes offers an affordable, high-quality alternative to senior living. Call now at 469-400-7650. That's Texen, spelled T-E-X-S-E-N, Texen Senior Residential Care Homes. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Taylor Raglan, just a two-man panel. And uh, Taylor, the first week of the high school football playoffs are here. It has been a it's been a busy day, man. We got Saturday <laughs> day this morning. Yep. High school volleyball playoffs are in full swing. We got the regional tournament coming up later this week. But the focus of this week, it's all been building to Thursday and Friday and the start of the football playoffs. The by district round is here, and let's talk about our game of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off. Thank you to everybody who went to our website, StarLocalMedia.com, to vote on the five candidates for this week's Game of the Week poll. And we are uh, we got a matchup that, of the ones, like, if you're just going to power rank them, at least, at least in our general opinion, this is definitely either number one or number two, I think, yeah. in terms of just the firepower between Intriguing. these two teams and the intrigue in this matchup. You've got a matchup between Hebron and Dentengeyer. This one, actually a neutral site game, which is odd because I th- you know, I remember, the I guess, the UIL reform that uh, I guess the higher seed would, would host mm-hmm. the, uh, that first round of the playoffs. But nevertheless, they're able to finagle this one into a neutral site game at Children's Health Stadium at Prosper ISD. I don't think, I don't think either team's complaining about the neutral site. No, no, yeah, no. That's a, that's a very... I was there last week to watch to Prosper and play. Now, that is a very, very sweet venue. The best uh, best one that I've been to, bar none. And that includes Allen. That includes uh, McKinney. So, uh, yeah, you'll have, you'll have fun there. You're going to be at that game on Friday mm-hmm. to watch this one between the Hawks and the Wildcats. Certainly, um, you know, on paper, two teams that entered the season with very lofty expectations expectations in um, looking to uh, potentially lock up uh, district championships. Neither one managed to do so, though, but that doesn't exactly take away from the luster between, uh, you know, uh, within this matchup. It's basically your prototypical pairing of a lockdown defense against maybe the most explosive rushing attack mm-hmm. in the entire state, maybe at least the Dallas area, just when you look at what these uh, these uh, that, that guy or offense has been capable of. So um, just some quick backstory on what these uh, these two teams have brought to the table thus far. 
statistically. Um, with Geyer, they had the number one offense in the area, mm-hmm. in all of Class five, Class 6A, I should say, at uh, 528.7 yards per game. Um, the best offense that they've had, and perhaps since Gerard Hurd was on campus or whatnot a long time ago when they were raking in state championships, just a great, great offense. And it all centers around a very explosive run game, 305.2 hmm. yards per game, number uh, number two in the area behind Euless Trinity. Um, and then they have the number four scoring offense, 46.6 points per game. So Geyer's offense has been nothing short of electric. No one has really figured out a way to slow them down, mm-hmm. even in their lone loss um, you know, against South Lake Carroll. That was just a game where it was more so turnovers yep. and you know turnovers on downs and whatnot. It wasn't like, oh, they actually forced them to punt you know, yeah. several times. I think, I think they punted one time in that game. Yeah. So no one has really figured out the recipe to slow down that uh, that guy or offense. But, you know, if you're going to uh, line up against a team that favors the run, it helps if your defense specializes in stopping the run, which, wouldn't you know it, that's kind of been Hebron's strength this season. They have the number four run defense in the Metroplex among 6A programs at just 84.5 rushing yards allowed per game, and the number 10 uh, total defense, 251.7. Um, so... Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of going to be the most intriguing positional battle mm-hmm. um, as far as this matchup goes. But um, Taylor, when you look at this one at first glance, what um, what jumps out to you? You're going to be in, in the house for this game, so what has you juiced up for this matchup? I think it's about. We were talking about this off air. It's about the conversion rate, I guess mm-hmm. I'll call it, because you look at Hebron and you mentioned that that defense against the run. And the wins over Flower Mountain and Louisville, n- neither team got to 100 yards against that mm-hmm. Hebron defense on the ground. So clearly, they're elite at stopping yeah. the run, but. How does that translate to stopping a team yeah. like Denton Geyer? Hung with Alito, beat Alito 60-57. to 57. That's <laughs> tough to do. Beat Cedar Hill yeah. the next week. And then, like you mentioned, the only loss to South Lake Carroll. And South Lake Carroll, in that win, you mentioned four Geyer turnovers. Yeah. So there's, you know, one. And then 1A, they still gave up 270 yards rushing to Geyer. Mm-hmm. South Lake did. And that's, you know, considered, I think, a very legitimate contender to state title this year, or at least going you know in the conversation just with that offense and and how good Southlake is um it's it's about that you know Hebron's elite running game or running defense I should say that's that's held teams under 100 yards you know on average Mm -hmm. how does that convert to this kind of attack you know it's it's the it it is the classic battle of you know uh, of power on power as far Mm -hmm. as the run game versus the run defense but Guy are just—they've just been absolutely obliterating people. It's, it's not a normal—it's not a normal no, offense no. without with just how. Because uh, I first kind of stumbled onto how um, explosive they might be when like Allen's run game earlier in the year was like averaging like right around eight yards a carry. So I yeah. wanted to see, okay, how does that stack yeah. up versus like the rest of the elite run offenses in the area? And the only one that checked out as being better was Geyer. Mm-hmm. So just to see now, kind of how far Geyer has come there, and it's not just the run game, the passing game too, led by their dual threat quarterback Eli Stowers. Um, their offense overall averages 9.2 yards per play, which it's is... Just, it just wears you out. Yeah. Like, I mean, it just wears you out. Like, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, you it, like, guaranteed almost, if you're averaging 9, that means no matter what, you're probably getting 5 yards <laughs> yeah. every play. And it's just like, what what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, how do you combat that? How do you stay up? How do you stay energized when they're just... Just 
pound the ball, pound mm-hmm. the ball, pound the ball. Oh, yeah, we can also throw yeah. it. Now you're down three scores. Like, it, it just is so exhausting. Just for context's sake, too, because you're wondering, okay, well, 9.2 yards per play, that sounds impressive, but, like, wh- how, what do you compare that to? Let's compare it to the number one team in the state, mm-hmm. Duncanville. We've heard of them. Yeah. So she's pretty good. Um, Duncanville averages 9.1 yards per mm-hmm. play. Allen, we talk a ton about Allen on the podcast. They are receive tons of praise for being just this unstoppable juggernaut. This season, their offense is averaging 8.7 yards per play. So just to give you some context. Guy is almost Gunner, averaging yeah. a first down yeah. every play. <laughs> like you just, you just line up on first and 10 and almost get a first down every single play. Like it's nuts. They're it's two, nuts. They're two leading rushers essentially are. So Cater Cobbs, mm-hmm. who is their, uh, their compact little wrecking ball of a running back who's, you know, logged, uh, he's been on that, been on that, I think this is his third year on varsity with them. He transferred from the, uh, the Melissa areas. We touched on on Monday's podcast with that, uh, that little, that dream team that they had back in the, uh, in the youth football ranks with him and like Manny Fincher over at McKinney North and whatnot. Um, so Cater Cobbs, he led the, uh, the area in rushing among 6A programs and by a pretty significant margin too. He checked out with uh, 1,571 yards, 27 touchdowns, 9.9 yards per carry. Hmm. So you talk about yeah. a first down every time he touches the ball. It's essentially that. And guess what? He's not the only kid in that offense averaging 9.9 yards per carry because the number two rusher, mm-hmm. the quarterback, Stowers, is averaging that exact same margin. Hmm. 730 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. That's what that's what hurts too, yeah. just the multiplicity. It's not mm-hmm. just like Flower Mound, you know, Hebron obviously held them under 100 yards. Pierce Hudgens, I think, had 89 yards, but that's your threat on the ground. Yeah. So you load up, you start Pierce Hudgens, the run game is, is difficult. Geyer is just like, okay, we'll go to any any of these four guys oh, probably yeah. that, that are more than capable. And they can hurt you through the year too because it's, I mean, said Stowers has, you know, almost 2,100 passing mm-hmm. yards, 25 touchdowns, just three picks too, so he's very efficient with the that's, ball. I mean, that's it's like almost like Grant Tisdale last year with Allen. Nobody asks that quarterback, you know, that role to be mm-hmm. a superstar and throw for 500 yards and be a Chandler Morris and, and you know, just take over the game. All you have to do is be efficient and yep. be good enough and and have the threat of throwing the football and then you just get to keep running down the throat. Yep. And they've got the threat outside in Seth Metter who's got 945 receiving yards, 23 yards per catch and 13 <laughs> touchdowns. That's so two first downs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, again, no one has figured out how to slow them down, but if there is a team that at least on paper might have a better shot than most it's again an elite run defense and if there is a performance that Hebron can draw back on that shows that they're capable of dialing it up to the mm-hmm. requisite level needed to combat an elite rushing offense um, you look back in week two when they played Arlington mm-hmm. Martin you didn't, even though that was a loss we've talked about that it wasn't anything that had to do with the defense mm-hmm. they lost the game 33 to 14 but that was because their special teams just committed every mistake in the book their defense was actually incredible in that game um, over Overall, they allowed only 131 yards, um, and on the ground, they held Martin, who wound up being one of the better rushing offenses in the area. I want to say it was either top 10, top 15, or whatnot. Held him just 59 rushing yards, period, and that was, you know, obviously, uh, you know, they got going a little bit there in the second half, and by that, I mean they improved on the negative 30 yeah. that they had in the first half. It didn't half. take much to improve. Yeah, so, I mean, they've, and again, guys like Darius Snow and Carter Norrie, Will White, Ben Rutherford, there's a lot of experience on that Hebron defense. 
defense and they've shown at least again there's at least evidence that we have of them being able to turn it up a notch and slow down a juggernaut offense mm -hmm. so that should at least give them a little bit of pause but again like you said it's it's just a question of what it means against the absolute top tier of of efficient offense because i mean again like i just there really aren't too many offenses that we've had in the area just in recent years that have the kind of explosiveness play to play as this uh, as this Hebron bunch does. It, well, and you mentioned Not the, even Beguire, I'm the, say. the weirdness on the special teams in that mm -hmm. game. Hebron's also had some weird just efforts overall this yeah. year. You know, the 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 Coppell game, I think, was as competitive as Coppell ended up being. You know, almost mm -hmm. made the playoffs, but that was a game they probably should have won by more than one score. They have the weird uh, performance against Irving MacArthur. They ended up winning 27-10, uh, but, mm -hmm. you know, that wasn't exactly a, a, a blue ribbon uh, effort. Um, so you got to be the Hebron that beat Louisville and Flower Mountain yeah. at home. You can't be the Hebron that was tied 3-3 at halftime or whatever the score of that game was because... Geyer, you want to talk about common opponents? Hebron beat Fossil Ridge like twenty-one to seven. Geyer beat him, I don't know, by like fifty. <laughs> and then, I mean, outside of the South League loss and the wins over Alito and Cedar Hill, which you can forgive Geyer for not blowing out Alito and, yeah. and Cedar Hill, Geyer's beaten everybody else by thirty at least. So it's just, it, I think we're just talking it, for as intriguing as the matchup is, for as good as the Hebron defense is, we may just be operating on different tiers mm -hmm. here, I think. If there is a path to uh, at least making this one a little interesting on the Hebron side of things, though, is it, you know, obviously the run defense has to be yeah. again, at the level they were against Arlington yep. Martin. That's a, an absolute must. But then on offense, you know, we haven't really had a chance to talk about the Hebron offense. Um, it's a it's one that's predicated on the run. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got the, uh, you know, one of the better rushing attacks in the area with three different ways to beat you with Carson Harris, their quarterback, who wound up leading the team in rushing with, you know, 820 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns, and then the two back Jalen Lott, you know, he has 608 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns. Isaiah Broadway, one of the top prospects mm -hmm. in his class, um, you know, 571 and four touchdowns. It's, it's basically going to be basically kind of like a more ball control yeah, approach. You have, you think? To, you you have to just keep that offense you off the field. You can't just feed the Denton Geyer offense possession after possession after possession, especially with turnovers, but just in general. You mm -hmm. can't go three and out, load them back up, you know, have them go score and then go three and out again. Like, yeah. you have to, even if you, on the drives where you don't score, which it's going to feel like a game where you have to score every drive. But even on the ones you don't, you have to control the clock. You have to give your defense a second to to recover from the punishment. Mm -hmm. because yeah. that Because you know what Geyer's going to bring. There is no question mark with what Geyer's going to bring and how they're going to show up. So it's, it's almost a scenario like, you know, we say this when teams play Allen. We say this when teams play... You know the 5A powers, the Highland Parks uh, of the world. You got to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Basically, you have to put it all together and be perfect to compete, and then you see what happens from there. Yeah. Do you think they can be perfect then on Friday in Prosper? <laughs> I don't think so. I, like I said, I think they're just operating on different tiers. For for as good as Hebron is for the season that they've had, I mean, this is an incredibly tough first round matchup. Yeah. As many of these six six eight five six eight matchups mm -hmm. are, they're not fair. You know, they're not fair in volleyball sometimes either. It's just the way the districts line up. Um, you know, Hebron, I think, is a much better team than getting bounced in the first round. Mm -hmm. But Geyer is just just a, another kind of animal this season, I think. And, and I, I mean, the last time the teams played it, it was like 2015. Mm -hmm. So, you know, completely different classes from yeah. back then. But Hebron led it half. I mean, it, they, there is some history, but it's just a different, a different beast. And I, I don't think that Hebron has the answers for four quarters. Mm -hmm. I, I could even see it being competitive through two, yeah. you know, or, or Hebron 
staying with them, I don't think they have the longevity to, to be there at the end. Yeah, I mean, South Lake has been the only team that's managed to figure out the, uh, yeah. the guy, how to beat Guy, at least. And again, they didn't really slow the offense down. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you, you didn't really figure out the offense. They gave you the ball four times, yeah. which helped. And they also got a transcendent performance from yeah. the quarterback, Quinn Ewers, who had 450 total yards of offense yeah. and six touchdowns. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to take a similar effort. And I'm just, again, the Hebron offense just has, like, I don't know. I mean, they, they looked, we were kind of, you know, down on them heading into that game against Louisville, mm-hmm. which had a really solid defense and then they just, yeah. just bum rush Lewisville right out of the shoot so who knows they've been one to surprise yeah. and I mean no one would have forecasted them holding Arlington Martin to negative yardage yeah. one week yeah. after Martin had uh, taken care of Lake Travis so um, yeah you know listen crazier things have happened but yeah it just if you go on just the form on both sides yeah. and how they look heading into this matchup you just got to assume that guy are just gonna have a little definitely not an indictment one. like I said of Hebron no great season fantastic football team I think you know one of the best teams in the area you just Run into the buzzsaw. Yep. Happens. And the picket line was unanimous. Everybody siding with Geyer to get the job done against Hebron Friday, 7 o'clock, out at Children's Health Stadium at Prosper ISD. And let's see. Uh, yeah, that's that was our game of the week. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what the Hawks have in store. But um, we also had uh, four other games that were up for consideration. And uh, we can get to those in just a quick moment after a word from this sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly pages of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And we are back as we continue to preview some of the marquee matchups in our coverage area for the bi-district round of the high school football playoffs. Uh, we've already talked about our game of the week, Hebron versus Denton Geyer, so let's touch on a few of the other big ones in our coverage area, including one Thursday, 7 o'clock, out at Tiger Stadium, Lancaster, hosting the Colony. I'm going to be at this game, and uh, yeah, probably it's going to be a pretty heavy turnout for this game. Yeah, I tried, uh, you were I tried, relegated to the sideline. I tried sitting on my media credential yesterday, and uh, wouldn't you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll be covering this one from the sidelines, so in the freezing cold weather so it'll be uh, it'll be worth it though because I'm anticipating a good game I don't know if it'll be worth it actually Taylor's probably really freaking cold <laughs> um, but nevertheless though yeah you have uh, certainly one of the more high profile matchups mm-hmm. in the Metroplex it's either going to be this one or Hebron Geyer as far as which one I felt like was the uh, kind of the marquee matchup in the first round for us um, it's you know Lancaster has the nice little juicy state ranking they've been pretty solid all season long they almost took down Highland Park mm-hmm. which is no small feat um you get to see now one of the uh, what's been one of the top defenses in uh, in the area in Class Five A. I believe the number two scoring defense going up against what is on paper at least and what has been one of the most explosive offenses in the area. With uh, I mean we've talked about the litany of college talent that the Colony has, be it Miles Price, mm-hmm. Keith Miller the third, Christian Gonzalez. Um, so is that enough to uh, to make Lancaster sweat out this one, or uh, how do we see this one playing out? Man, I'm a lot more intrigued by this game than I would have been after. Like that, con- that Colony Frisco Centennial game. Mm-hmm. Like it, the Colony definitely got back on track. Uh, that performance gets Lone Star was awesome, and, and I envisioned kind of a similar, you know, attack uh, game plan, you know, from the Colony this week. You know, Lancaster, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. state ranked, narrow loss to Highland Park, lost to Duncanville, which whatever, yeah. um, and <laughs> beating everybody else. So obviously a tremendous program. The Colony's got to go on the road. So I envision the Colony coming out like they did against Lone Star and just throwing stuff at the wall and and seeing what happens. I mean, that's... I wish more coaches would do that. I wish more coaches would acknowledge the role in the matchup. Mm -hmm. You know you're the underdog. You know you're on the road. 
go in saying like you know we're we're gonna throw everything we have we're gonna throw the kitchen sink we're gonna make them uncomfortable like they did against Lone Star and it almost worked it didn't just mm-hmm. because Lone Star is so freaking talented that their yeah. C game was good enough that day but you know it, it could happen the colony's got so much talent uh, they have obviously a head coach like I mentioned that's you know not unafraid to <laughs> to mm-hmm. just go for it and, and see what happens and then punch above uh, the Cougars weight so I expect a better game than maybe some people do. I, I think a lot of people probably have Lancaster rolling in this one, but I, I think the Colony's for real. I think it's going to be fun. I, it wouldn't shock me to see them pull off a close one, but I, I think Lancaster is like Lone Star, just a little bit better, mm-hmm. a little more polished, and probably should, you know, it deserves to be the favorite, but who knows? The fact that this game is in Lancaster too yeah, should only compel tough. should only compel the idea though that um you know that the colony might uh, be more you know adept yeah. at uh, perhaps taking those chances mm-hmm. you know when you're playing in, a, in an opponent's backyard. It's just kind of a question of like that with Lancaster's their defense was it a symptom of of the kind of the district that they were in mm-hmm. or is it I mean is it legit enough to because you know, I mean Lone Star you know is averaging you know just twelve point four points scored against yeah. the season and you saw what the colony did to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Lancaster's twelve point six points allowed this season. So, um, and, and the fact, just the ceiling on that, the, on the uh, on that Cougars offense, it make, it does it's make so it high. feel like they're almost blowout proof yeah. in the sense, just because they're always going to have yeah. the ability to. And it's not just an offense too, because they've got Miles mm-hmm. Preston, Gonzalez are huge in special teams as well. There's, um, they're going to be able to, I think, keep this one close. But again, it's just when you factor in just how up and down they've been on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball, that's kind of what swayed me a little bit towards Lancaster in the end. Um, but I think the Colony's going to give them a. a very very uh, game effort. I think it's going to follow literally the blueprint of that Lone Star game. Mm-hmm. If the colony has its way, it's going to be you know right there at the end. It's going to be close. They're going to be um, emotional and and punch Lancaster in the mouth and and see how they respond. Mm-hmm. I think Lancaster's good enough to do what Lone Star did, but should be fun. Uh, let's see. The picket line was four to one in favor of Lancaster in this game. Taylor, you and I plus Devin Hassan and Brian Murphy all picking Lancaster. Kendrick Johnson though going with the Cougars. A theme this week. An off the map pick from <laughs> from Kendrick. Yeah, Kendrick is going for it this week. <laughs> Me, him, and Brian are tied for first place. So Kendrick was nope. I'm done with that. Um, so yeah, that's where we are on the Colony and. Lancaster, and then you got some big matchups on Friday, including Louisville at South Lake Carroll. Man, another just poor Louisville, man. Another great season. Taylor Green and that offense have been so prolific. That mm. program is fully back, so competitive, so good. Then you here's Quinn Ewers. Here's South Lake Carroll. <laughs> you have to go to Dragon State and play yeah. South Lake. Good luck with all that. Yeah, South Lake has not lost a game at home since the uh, the first game in the 2016 season to Tulsa Union. It's um, not exactly like Highland Park and Highlander Stadium yeah. prior to that Lone Star game, but still, like the Dragons are damn near invincible in the postseason too. Yeah. I mean that's that's the big key too. South Lake has always been one of those programs mm-hmm. where. Regardless of how the regular season goes, which the regular season went well, spoiler, this <laughs> this year, um, you know, but regardless, yeah. once they get in the postseason, it's almost like, you know, Brian likes to talk about Salina in that mm-hmm. way, too. It's yeah. Salina time. I mean, when Southlake gets into the postseason, they go in every single game they play expecting to walk out of there with mm-hmm. a blowout. Yeah. It's just the way they operate. Talk about moments this season that just swung the balance of the playoff picture um, mm-hmm. for a team like Louisville. You wonder what would have been if they had just denied Pierce Hudgens on that late touchdown yep. run against Flower Mound because that ultimately, those two teams finished tied in the district standings and it was ultimately that outcome that is why Flower Mound is playing Keller yep. on Friday at home and why Louisville is traveling to Southlake. Some different uh, differing uh, tasks. Yeah. We'll, we'll put 
it that way. So uh, yeah, I we was I mean we talked about South Lake on the on the first half of the podcast and how they've been the only team that's toppled Denton Geyer. So that should kind of give you a hint as to where we're leaning on this one. The picket line was unanimous in picking South Lake Carroll to uh, to take down Louisville on Friday. And let's see, then we have Geyer. Now, speaking of Keller and Flower Mound, that was also up for consideration this week. Flower Mound hosts Keller Friday seven o'clock at Neil Wilson Stadium. Uh, both teams finished third in their respective districts. Um, did it in very, very different fashions, though. Hmm. With Flower Mound, it was another uh, just terrific year for um, you know for that offense. Um, you know, they averaging 416 yards, 44.4 points, right as uh, right on uh, right on schedule with what mm-hmm. you'd expect out of the Jaguars. You know, with Blake Short, Pierce Hudgens, Reed Touchstone, and that deep receiving core, um, another banner year. But this is going to be an interesting test for them because if there's been one bugaboo about Flower Mound this year, it's that they've uh, when they run into uh, at least an above average defense, yep. it has uh, been tougher sledding. Hebron did it to them. Prosper did it mm-hmm. to them. Um, is Keller what, does Keller fit that bill? Because on paper, at least, the defense has been pretty solid this season. Yeah, I, I think Keller fits mm-hmm. the bill, but I also, you know, I'm not always a huge intangible momentum. Mm-hmm. Which team wants it more? I mean, both teams want to win a playoff game. I mean, sure? I think that's... Are you sure, <laughs> though? Yeah, shocker. <laughs> I think that's silly to, to kind of go that way. But at the same time, mm-hmm. Farmount has a chance to win its first ever postseason game ever mm-hmm. you know and that was a, a the the point of emphasis i think coming into this season was yeah. you know here's what we accomplished last year that was great and all but we didn't do anything in november mm-hmm. you know in the later stages of november so that offense i think is good enough i think that flower mountain's going to be up you know for a game at home a chance to get that first ever you know trophy mm-hmm. you know to be champions of something beyond district play um and I think that's that's going to kind of carry them through. I think Flowerman has enough firepower to kind of overcome um, the Keller defense and, and make it happen. We'll see. I mean, I could see it going the other way, too. Flowerman, kind of like Hebron, has had some head scratchers uh, this year. Um, you know, I don't know if it's the offensive line or, or Hudgens himself hasn't been himself. The running game hasn't been exactly what it was. I mean, they, they, they graduated the entire yeah, offensive line. The so duo can, of, of Hudgens there, and yeah. Short are still there, but I, I mean, I hesitate to say they're averaging almost 45 yeah. points a game, but it, it almost feels like they've taken a, a little baby step back from, mm-hmm. from last season, but who knows? I, I just think that, you know, like I said, for as little stock as I put in that kind of stuff, sometimes you get the game at home, mm-hmm. you have a chance to go out and, and be the first team in your, your school's history to win a postseason game. You know, I, I think that mm-hmm. kind of gives them the edge and what could be a close one. Uh, yeah, Keller averaging just 19.1 points against per game, right? not too far off of the 18.5 for Hebron, mm-hmm. 18.4 for Louisville. So, um, again, we'll see again. It's all, this is where you get to see now, okay, the strength of one district versus mm-hmm. another. Like, what does it all mean? Because these teams have all been playing a completely different case yeah. of opposition. So, um, but yeah, nevertheless, though, the pick line was unanimous, though. We all foresee Fireman getting that elusive first ever playoff win in uh, against Keller on Friday. And let's see, was there a... Uh, Anything else we I think it was here? the was the mesquite one? Yeah. We oh, had yeah. mesquite potite yeah. against Magnolia. This one Friday seven o'clock out at Mesquite Memorial Stadium. Um, yeah, this is a Magnolia team that we obviously mm-hmm. know next to nothing about because they are three and a half hours away. Yep. Um, but they're gonna be traveling um, you know quite a ways for this one. And usually sometimes you wonder like maybe that might be uh, you know, if all things are equal, maybe you go with the home team, the team mm-hmm. that's not having to travel, you know, <laughs> extensively yeah. for that. 
that. But nevertheless, though, uh, the picket line was a little bit uh, yeah. not going against the grain in that terms of logic. I'm that, the lone uh, one on the, uh, on the pirate ship this week, it seems. So what, um, yeah, any specific reason what led you to backing to backing Poteet? I think that Poteet's had a, a pretty solid season. I think a lot of people might be thrown off the scent by what McKinney North did to them last week. I was <laughs> at that game, and, I mean, they got absolutely blown out. But at the same time, I think a lot of that had to do with North, uh, chance for the first outright district title. That North offense is... Magnolia doesn't have an offense like that. I've never seen Magnolia, but I don't care. They, they don't have that kind of an attack. McKinney North is absurd. Um, and Poteet was there without Seth McGowan, who still up in the air. Um, I think if McGowan comes back, they definitely, you know, I think should be favored at mm-hmm. home in particular, but still up in the air. Um, but even without him, that game was 21-21 well into the second quarter. It wasn't like that game was you know, out of hand until, you know, the second and third quarter, really, and the fourth quarter mm-hmm. was just kind of garbage time. Um, you know, I, I think Poteet's got enough. I think they had a better year than that loss to North indicates. Yeah. I think the running game and the offense are still good, even without McGowan. Then you add him back to the mix. You know, even a 75% Seth McGowan is <laughs> is effective and, and is a game changer. So I just think that, you know, like you said, the travel, the home atmosphere, Poteet being a little better than some of their losses indicate. Mm-hmm. Um, I give a, It's one of those games where it may be Poteet by three in the home field advantage if you're, you know, putting a, a spread on it. But I think that they'll they'll find a way. Yeah, it's just the it's McGowan's status that yeah. I'm yep. um, again. I, it was one of the reasons, the reason why I went against him against McKinney North because I think I mean if he was playing against North, I could have talked myself into yeah. picking them to beat them. And that would have been a different game because it was twenty one twenty one. They got two turnovers prior to that that could have put them up two scores mm-hmm. at one point or you know given them a lead. Um, not that McKinney North can't come back from even three scores down yeah. with that offense but that game would have had a completely different complexion if he was there to kind of help them capitalize on some of the things that they didn't but uh, but without him though i just it's i don't know I, I would this was probably the toughest one for me just in one that i feel like i'm probably most likely yeah. to regret um but i ended up going with magnolia for um you weren't no, alone no other reason than i just hmm. again without seth mcgowan it's just i, yeah. I just can't trust uh, that the potent offense is going to generate enough offense in this one um that way yeah, we'll see but i'm um, Nevertheless, yeah, it was surprisingly four to one in favor of Magnolia in this one to um, to take down Poteet in uh, in Mesquite, no less. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that is it. That is a look at uh, kind of what we have on the uh, on the docket. You're going to be on Friday out at uh, out in Prosper covering Hebron versus Geyer. I'm going to head that to Allen. First look at the Eagles in uh, in quite some time as they as they take on Saxy in their first playoff game. See how Allen is looking heading into the uh, as the postseason gets underway. And yeah, that's uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. This will also be Taylor's yeah. last appearance on the podcast. Yep, unless I come back for a uh, reunion tour or something. <laughs> someday but yeah for right now so for those who have not uh, who didn't see his post on twitter mm-hmm. taylor is moving on to brighter pastures um so uh nevertheless taylor um yes yeah, so, dude it's been a it's been a, a nice you know year and a half two years mm-hmm. that you're here taylor's done a great job holding down our plano east and plano west it, i mean i essentially turned over our lake dallas coverage <laughs> to you um but yeah he did a great job doing that stuff um plus you know helping out with our denton county coverage mm-hmm. when called upon so uh gonna be no small loss man so uh Appreciate the work that you've put in, man. Not just with the papers, but with the podcast and all that. Um, and uh, yeah, dude, we'll uh, we'll miss you. Absolutely, miss you guys too. Miss all of you yeah. out there, coaches, athletes. It's been 
obviously a, a pleasure. I think mm -hmm. high school sports coverage is a really unique mm -hmm. thing. You know, it's a really cool thing and just to, be to able do to it do. In here in this yeah. area where you have yeah. so many of the absolute best at what yeah. they do. Yeah. It's uh, it's a special it's a special little niche yeah. in the in the high school sports community here in the Metroplex. But um, but soldier on we shall, and we'll be back on Monday with another episode to uh, to break down the happenings in the first week of the high school football playoffs. Uh, until then, folks, you enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.